0: The Gucci Girl, Prada Professional, Coach Queen, or Target Trendsetter. No matter how you describe her, she's the most powerful consumer in the country. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Ritan, principal at Top Sale Strategies, as she chats with those in the know so that your business can grow. Now please welcome our host of Purse Strings, Maria Ritan. Good afternoon and welcome to Purse
1: Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman. Well, first up, a story by Tanya Gazdick of Marketing Daily about the Grinch. You probably have seen tons of marketing This holiday season as we kick it off around the Grinch. Well, it took over Honda's Twitter account after canceling its annual Happy Honda Day sale and the campaign that broke during an NFL football game. Honda has partnered with Universal Studios and Illuminations, Dr. Seuss, the Grinch, which is a movie if you haven't, if you don't know, for its annual sales event campaign. Um, the Grinch is also using Honda's Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, YouTube channels to spread word about his Twitter takeover. The campaign includes a TV spot as well. And, um, and also he is doing the hashtag, hashtag Grinch takeover. So you may see that as well. Um, according to Honda marketing, they really see the Grinch as a showstopper, meaning it will capture people's attention enough to, uh, Listen to the spots to pay attention to the social uh, postings and perhaps move the needle on their overall holiday sales. Um, the campaign is extended also to NBC's Today with Kathy Lee and Hoda, and also to E's number one Snapchat show, The Rundown. Honda has conducted the Happy Honda Days campaign for more than 10 years, so we'll see if the Grinch does anything for Honda's holiday sales. Our first profile today is a Prada professional, a woman committed to her career but trying to achieve some balance in her life after expending so much energy on the job. She's around 36 years old, college grad, employed full time and married. Um, parents of about oh, about half of them are parents. Medium household income is 150k or above. She likes to keep her eye to the fashion world. Uh, understands that it's important for her to look great, whether or not she's on the job or professionally in her personal life. She's really focused on creating lasting relationships, either with her partner or close circle of friends. Uh, When she shops, she's shopping her favorite stores and shopping her favorite brands. She's not as focused on price. She's really more focused on quality. Um, She is also focused on her work and really driven to achieve the top, Rung of that ladder, but is trying again to find balance with her passions for the arts and travel and her family. So, where is she shopping? She's shopping at Calvin Klein, Armani, Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, Pottery Barn, Crate and Barrel, and Good Old Target. So, how do you connect with our product professionals? She's reading a ton of the magazines like Real Simple, In Style, Shape and cooking light and she's on cable a ton watching TLC e discovery channel and food network my guest today knows a lot about content and connecting consumer content with key stakeholders like female consumers peggy chen is the chief marketing officer of sdl sdl is a global leader in content creation translation and delivery peggy is responsible for driving go to market strategy for sdl's entire company more from peggy chin and purse strings when we return after the break
0: purse strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers
2: webmasterradio.fm is the destination for education entertainment and engagement
0: Perth Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan. Welcome back to Perstrings.
1: Strings. My guest today is Peggy Chen, Chief Marketing Officer of SDL. SDL is a global leader in content creation, translation, and delivery. Peggy Chen is responsible for driving global go-to-market strategy for SDL. Peggy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to have you on. Now, SDL does a lot of global work. In fact, I was reading that you work with 88 of the top 100 brands in the world. And you've been around for 25 years, which is quite the length of time these days when I feel like every time I turn around, I'm seeing about a merger acquisition or is something closing down. How has the company been able to innovate in this world of digital technology in order to grow over the last few years?
4: Indeed, it's super exciting to be able to work with 88 of the top brands and over the last 25 years, you know, we've been focused on a mission, which has really been centered around information and content and how that is used for people and businesses to communicate with one another. Because at the end of the day, what we all strive for is understanding, understanding what the other party is trying to communicate to us. And the interesting thing is over the last two decades, you know, this has changed, right? Technology has completely digitized the world where two decades ago, It was all around making content more widely accessible and understood. So when SEL first started, it focused a lot on making sure that people around the world could understand the content in the various languages, hence our deep roots in translation and localization of all different types of content. From there, you know, what we saw happen with technology was this whole digital explosion. There was more content that is now accessible and reachable by more people on the internet. But what happened? right? The thing that really changed was when this content went online, it became less personalized and less personable. And in some ways, it almost lost the human touch, right? Imagine how you used to buy something, right? People going into their local mom and pop shop or store, right? They knew the store owner and the store owner also knew what each person's preference was and could give them their best recommendation, right on the digital world, we lost that. And so in the last couple of years, what we've been focusing on is still right. Enabling this communication and understanding, but now we've sort of flipped it around where we are now trying to, given the day and age that we are in humanize the digital world, right? Really focusing on how we can continue to make this content more understandable more relatable, and more consumable at scale, right? Whether that's how you create that content, translate it, or deliver it. As we look to the future, right, and we think about just how much is happening out there with artificial intelligence and machine learning, also a space that we are really focused on from a linguistics perspective, right, we truly believe that to get the best of both worlds, you need both humans and machines to do that and we will get to right delivering content at scale in a personal way you know in the future where it will be machine powered but truly all the humans and what we are able to do to bring the context and the language element and the cultural element to it will be where the humans can come in and optimize what the machines are able to now do at scale
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and and as you said, at its core, it's about communication. And if you're not communicating well, then you're not going to be able to drive business. And I think Correct. you all have come up with your own um, model, if you will. You call it the global content operating model. Can you explain that a little bit?
4: Sure, absolutely. So if you think about a business, there are so many different types of content that has to get out the door across all of the different departments, right? A product company, let's take someone trying to create a camera has Right product documentation, there's content that's sitting on board inside the product itself, there's packaging, there's help and support docs later on, right? When customers call in to ask for support to be able to actually market and sell this. Marketing has all sorts of content, not to mention, you know, HR and legal and finance, right? Loads of content is required to actually deliver a product. And so if you think about how all of this content gets created. It's one sitting in a bunch of different silos being created by people across all different departments and without some sort of process to bring it together, it can certainly take a long time to kind of coordinate all that. Right. And so, what we've, you know, what has been developed in this global content operating model, as you mentioned, is really focused on a framework and methodology that guides companies in terms of a comprehensive strategic approach to one manage content across departments and platforms. To then apply these processes on how you actually create, translate, and deliver that content. So that thirdly, you can actually select the right technology and services that will help drive growth and sales. So it ultimately is a process that it will help companies kind of centralize how content is being stored and managed. Standardizing processes and focusing on how to step by step integrate technology together ultimately into a unified platform so that where you might be doing something in an ad hoc way today, tomorrow, right, you can get to a much more optimized process and set yourself up for the future where we truly believe that a lot of these things will become automated as technology continues. To improve, and so you definitely want to capitalize on that, so you know you can set yourself up for a future that will be even more efficient.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I'm wondering if this uh, operating model also helps companies keep up with the demand of a 24 seven content cycle as well, because everyone I speak with is having this really challenging uh, issue with pumping up pumping out enough content that's authentic, engaging, and high quality. Talk a little bit about how companies can get their hands around that challenge. Absolutely.
4: That is a challenge that I too hear all of our customers or just, you know, peers in different companies talk about, right? Being someone running a marketing organization, right? I I can speak to this even for our own teams. Just imagine right on the websites, you know, we are often tasked with trying to create promotions and information, whether it's on the website, in an email, social banners and ads, that are personalized, but to truly create relevant content for each and every possible prospect or customer that we have, taking into account their preferences, their language, the the actual number of variations that we have to create is exorbitant, right? So much so that you can almost never create enough content. Right, so the big question then ultimately becomes, right, how can you create that content at scale? And this is where we truly believe, and we've been doing a lot of, a lot of research and innovation in this area, is we do believe that you know, content will be able to create itself. In fact, we've actually put out there you know, into the marketplace what we call the five future states of content. So we believe that in the future, one, content will be able to create itself. Two, content will become agile, right? And then when you have all of this content, thirdly, we believe that content will be able to organize itself. And in this day and age, security is going to absolutely be key. So that will be covered also so that we can make sure that the content can be secured and then what all of this enables is that content will ultimately become your best salesperson. All right. So how are we actually doing this? And we actually showcased this at our customer conference um, last, you know, couple of weeks ago, where we debuted a beta on what we're calling a content assistant. And so literally, it can ingest existing content that you have whether it's a research paper some white papers and it will actually go through and understand what is in there and it can identify the key topics ideas that are in the paper and then from there what it will actually do is spit out a summary of what that content is actually talking about and from there you can pick out quotes Highlights, etc., and then actually, you know, leverage all of this insight to be able to much more quickly summarize and understand what is actually within that piece of document. So, let's say as an example, you want to be creating some social posts, right? So, oftentimes, you know, if a copywriter, you know, picks up a new article that they're trying to, um, you know, promote, they probably have to spend quite a bit of time trying to answer that. But all you would have to do in this case is. Upload it into the system, right? It spits out some summaries, and if you wanted to dig for more information, you can quickly click on one of them, and it'll spotlight you to that section of the document for a quick read, right? But it'll enable you to very quickly compose a social post, and then it can also provide suggestions on, you know, how to kind of finish that sentence. So super cool technology where you can see how the machine can ultimately be an assistant for a lot of the volume challenges that we face today when it comes to creation of content. And likewise, you know, the same technology can understand so much of this content that it will be able to help organize content itself. So happy to share more information. But I think those are just some of the highlights where we are already seeing some of these futuristic technologies and innovations, you know, come to the marketplace today to really help us tackle, right, that volume challenge.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's super exciting. I I definitely have to go online and check that out. Um, So Peggy, that sounds like an amazing innovation. I can't wait to check it out. And I would encourage everyone to go online to SDL.com to check it out as well. But beyond the challenge of creating enough content, we have to also move customers to take action because that's why we're creating all the content. So talk a little bit about how your company delivers customer experiences for its customers that end up driving sales.
4: So like any company, you're absolutely right. You know, we are in the business also of educating our customers and we create content that is distributed via our website, downloaded digitally, occasionally in print. And so for us to do this effective Lee, you know we make sure that our customers first are you know focused on who our buyers are. So we definitely take a buyer-centric view of the world from that perspective in terms of how we are presenting this to them. On top of that, you know we've been spending a lot of time then looking at that buyer's journey. Right, and what that customer journey is from first touch all the way through the sale, but then even after that, through to implementation. In our 25 years and working with these top brands, I mean, some of these are very long-time customers of over a decade, and we have helped them evolve their processes, you know, time and time again, right, as their business has evolved. And in some ways, it's very much like what we're doing ourselves. And so it's really interesting because we've been talking to a lot of customers about this global content operating model as a maturity model for how you create, translate, and deliver content. We have actually also been implementing this global content operating model ourselves and looking introspectively at our people, processes, and technology in terms of how we can integrate it together better and how we can optimize for sale. Because like you said at the top of the call, right? You hear all the time about mergers and acquisitions. And we, you know, are in that exact same boat. Earlier this year, we acquired Donnelly Language Solutions, one of the leading language service providers, specialized in translating content for regulated industries like life sciences and financial services and in the legal space. And obviously, you know, they've got a different team of people with their own processes and technologies, and you know, to ultimately get that efficiency and scale, you know, we've had to integrate all that in. And we've been using this model to make sure that you know we can deliver the best customer experience possible, but do it in a way where you know we can be truly efficient on the inside as well.
1: Perfect. Well we're gonna take a quick break, Peggy, and when we come back, I do want to dive in a little bit about women in technology. Um, it's been an issue that's been in the news for some time now, and I would love to get your take on it. So, everybody, stick around. More from Peggy Chen from SDL when Purse Strings returns after the break.
0: Purse Strings will be right back after a word from our advertisers.
2: TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality.
0: Her Strings is back with the inside track on today's women. Once again, here's Maria Ritan.
1: Welcome back. I've been chatting today with Peggy Chin, Chief Marketing Officer of SDL. Peggy's responsible for driving global go-to-market strategy for SDL's global content technology portfolio of solutions. And we've been talking about SDL's innovation in delivering content to its customers in a way that creates relationships within consumers or in customers. Um, and with this being per strings, of course, we're focused here on the female consumer. I'm curious what SDL knows about what the female consumer may be consuming when it comes to content these days and what platforms or mediums seem to be um, on the rise with this particular target.
4: So it's interesting, you know, when we look at what females versus males are, you know, consuming. I mean, I definitely, you know, even personally see, you know, females oftentimes multitasking a lot more. And I think the, you know, there's a lot of studies that show that a lot of females are better at multitasking. But with that, from a content perspective means you're trying to soak in a lot more threads of content and having to process all of that. So what does that mean for a person, right? I think that these days, making sure content is tuned for the channel, wherever they happen to be accessing it from, whether that's actually on your desktop or it's on a mobile phone or like a tablet, you know, the ability to deliver tailored multi-channel experiences that isn't just squashed onto the screen, but truly designed for that channel will ultimately enable us to get better click throughs. So consumability, I think is absolutely key. The other thing, you know, I think that we see, you know, females kind of gravitating is that storytelling angle where you you know, do have a story that goes along with it. And a lot of people talk about kind of the emotional side of the story, right? Because that helps people relate uh, to the information better. And I think with that comes that sense of being able to understand, see that other person's perspective and consider it, right? And so... I think that's another area where more of that that you can bring with your content to sell it uh, definitely helps. And then the last one I see, you know, people gravitating towards are practical tips, right? At the end of the day, you know, in a world where everyone is trying to juggle so many things simultaneously. Quick sound bites, here's three tips of what you can actually do that people can really put into practice without having to read pages and pages and, you know, paragraphs and volumes of content, um, you know, will definitely make that content more consumable as well, I think.
1: You know, it's, we talk a lot here on Purse Strings about um, how companies that have women within its its structure, whether it be entry-level, mid-management, executive tier, and the C-suite, they end up doing better um, financially than those companies that aren't as diverse within their own ranks. And with SDL being around for 25 years, my guess is the company has seen hopefully more women joining the ranks. Um, But tech companies aren't often known for being welcoming to women. Do you feel like this is changing and do you feel like it's helping reflect as stronger product, um, and therefore, um, increase sales as a result. I do.
4: And I've definitely read a lot of the studies that have shown that diversity and having multiple viewpoints on a team can help with that competitive advantage and, you know, high performing teams consistently show that that diversity, you know, is one of the key elements to it. And so I definitely do think the world, you know, is changing and there are becoming more and more women in technology. I mean, I, for one, absolutely remember the day where, you know, I was oftentimes the only female in a graduate engineering class when I was back at MIT. But for all that, you know, the world has been doing from, you know, educating grade school children, right, on STEM-type activities to ambassador programs where, you know, you see people going out to, you know, elementary, high schools, um, colleges, right, focusing on women and technology, plus, you know, all sorts of diversity initiatives out there. I think each and every little bit counts, right, to encourage people and give women the confidence that this is absolutely something that they can do. And I do see more and more women in tech. And frankly, I'm actually really proud now to be at a company, you know, where we do have over, you know, half of the people, um, employed as women, right. Working on our technologies and services.
1: Yeah. Congratulations to SDL. I'm so happy to hear that. Well, and, and you mentioned recruiting at college level, you know, where are the where are those tech jobs those tech careers going if if you could speak and you probably do to young women who are coming out of university today where where are the opportunities
4: so I think the opportunities are abound. And, you know, for me, I sort of grew up with technology, loving the technical side of it and how it's driving the innovation in today's world. And so personally, you know, I was always super curious and no surprising, you know, I went in and kind of did an engineering, you know, degree to start with. But at the same time, you know, I also personally, kind of love the art side of it And baking and drawing. And for me, it was always kind of a left half and right half brain struggle on how to bring the two together. And so in terms of, you know, trying to find where that tech opportunity is, you know, my tip to kind of women out there who are trying to find where their place is, is to focus on your passion right? Because I think at the end of the day, if you go into a job and, you know, it is not something that you are passionate about or you truly enjoy, right? It's, it's not going to be fun, right? When you're spending eight hours a day, sometimes more to be, to be realistic about it, thinking and working on all of these things day in and, and day out. Right. So regardless of the industry, right. You know, Learn it well, learn your discipline well, and, you know, you can always shift, right? But each and every experience that you have, I think you can take with you and build upon the next. And that's how, you know, people often ask me, how did you study electrical engineering, computer science, and then end up in marketing but for me it was about a passion of both sides right both the science as well as the artistic half of it and for me marketing just happens to be a perfect blend where you know i can meld those passions together
1: well i i do know that there's been a focus so much more so now on girls and stem and really trying to engage girls at a younger age. And it sounds like you, you were always fascinated by that. And here you are today, leading marketing uh, for a major um, international company in tech. So I think the the younger we can reach them, uh, the sooner we can reach them and engage them, the better off we will be. And, and, and having women like you who can be role models. So they see what's possible, I think is also really critical. So thank you for all your, your good work out there, Peggy. And, um, I'm thrilled to be able to, uh, recommend people go to your website to learn more about SDL. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you want to check out more information on what SDL has to offer, go to SDL.com. And Peggy, thank you so much for being on the show today. Absolutely.
4: Thanks for having me, Maria.
1: Yeah, it's my pleasure. And thanks to my producer, George. And join me next week for another edition of Purse Strings, 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one.